And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's a, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plummeting to the earth from only 2,000 feet into the air. No parachutes yet. Oh my God, they're talking! Oh, Johnny, can you get this? Oh, they're crashing to the earth right in front of my eyes! The wind the windshield of a parked car! This is terrible. The running around, pushing each other. Oh my goodness! Oh, the humanity! Good morning, sweet world, and welcome. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, October 12th. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving. I'm Jay Skeets, and joining us live, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Gobble, gobble, everybody. We've got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend! And last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello! There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Keep your questions and your comments coming for our next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Yes, we will hit the beach later this week. Email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc. On today's pod, we'll actually get in the beach mood, answer a few of your questions that you guys sent in, and Lee has Tweet of the Night Duties which means we'll uh, hear a shitty Magic Johnson tweet or two, I'm sure. (laughs) But first, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers on winning their 17th, or is it 12th, franchise title. Uh, Game six, they take care of business tasks. The Lakers rout the heat. (laughs) They just hammered them to win again the 2020 bubble title LeBron Finals MVP. Where do you want to start? Big takeaway from game six or the finals in general. Well, that was a wallop. Didn't expect that uh, coming out uh, because it's been such a great bubble. So it is a bit disappointing that it ended on a whimper because these few months have been so successful and it feels like we've had incredible performances and close games. But the Lakers coming out, every single guy ready to pounce on the Miami Heat was very, very impressive. And on the other side, Jimmy Butler didn't look like he had the juice in the first half, and he needed some help, and those guys weren't there uh, to give him that hand. Goran Dragic didn't look like himself. Unfortunately, uh, Bam and Tyler Hero looked young uh, for the first time in the series, it felt like. And Bam just didn't really get it going in this series because of that injury. So we didn't see a fair fight in this one, especially... A fair fight in the series, I I should say, and especially in Game 6. But it was cool to see some human moments in this very crappy year that we have had. Uh, It was kind of good to see people back to normal. The Lakers at the end of it just felt like normal, like we're having a regular celebration. And it was cool to have uh, no fans, actually, because... You could hear all the guys in the back a little bit more, I thought. You know, <laughs> totally. like when, yeah. when Anthony Davis uh, was on the mic 
and LeBron was leading the charge of all the guys saying, no, go, tell him, you know, tell him, tell him, tell him. And, and, and uh, how you like that? How you like that? Like they wanted Anthony Davis to just to just give him his, uh, hey, how you like me now type thing. Like LeBron did when he said, uh, everybody wants to respect the Lakers organization, Rob Palenka, and I want my damn respect. Oh, so awesome. so maybe maybe we should give LeBron his respect. I think we've been, uh, we've done that pretty well over the years, uh, but, but it's, Everybody needs something to motivate them, and uh, it it just shows even the best, even the best of the best of the best. And uh, LeBron showed through in this series, and he showed through in this bubble, and uh, I enjoyed that celebration, just hearing everybody and Anthony Davis saying, all right, let's go pop those bottles, and then knocking over the microphone there. <laughs> uh, it was great. It was real. You could hear everything. Uh, still socially distanced. Rachel Nichols distanced from Adam Silver, distanced from uh, from Ms. Bus. Uh but it felt normal, and that's what I like, and, and I like that little wrap on the season uh, right there on what has been an incredible r- a few months. When you when you look back and you look back to where we were six seven months from now or six seven months ago, it's been incredible, and and I enjoyed the uh, the realism at the end there. Everybody just doing their thing and Rondo needing to hold the trophy as much as possible. Well, J.R. Smith got his hands on it first. I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, LeBron, 28 points, 14 boards, 10 assists in the game six in the clincher. He won finals MVP unanimously, Trey. 11 yeah. to 0. There was no vote, uh, you know, for an AD or even for a Jimmy Butler. Uh, we thought that was probably unlikely if it didn't go seven at least. Um, but this guy at 35 years old average, basically 30 points per game, 12 boards per game. Eight and a half assists per game. Shot 59% from the floor in the finals. That's the best he's ever done there. And nearly, or what is it, like 39% from three. Unbelievable. And now he's the first player. And sort of this is great that it is him. Uh, first player in NBA history to be named finals MVP with three different franchises. Kareem and Kawhi, the only other ones to do it with two uh, franchises like LeBron had up until this point. Crazy stuff. LeBron, he's just a magnanimous king, you know? He let Anthony Davis be the story for the first two games of the finals. He let Jimmy Butler be the story for games three and five. Game four, just a classic game out there. But when it all came down to it, LeBron just slammed the door like me, slamming the door on my kids when they try to come in when we're recording a podcast. (laughs) You're not coming in here! Because that's what LeBron and the Lakers said in this championship game. Uh, 11 for 11 at the rim in the first half. Uh, You know, shout out to my dad. The guy's always going to root for people from Illinois and the underdog. It's going into halftime, he says... I think the Heat might need to go to Myers Leonard here. Go for a different look. I'm like, I don't think it matters tonight, Dad. The way you saw LeBron driving inside, finishing with that left hand, just looking like he was not going to be denied inside. You know, the Lakers were cold at the start from three. The Heat were hitting them a little bit, and it looked like, okay, maybe they can pull off something here. But the Lakers looked like they could have scored 200 points shooting all layups last night, whereas the Heat would come in. They would see Anthony Davis hanging out under the rim and did not want any part of him. No juice for the Heat, no doubt about it. You know, Jimmy did play a lot of minutes, but they weren't your classic Jimmy minutes. Goran Dragic wasn't able to provide the Willis Reed inspiration. It was the Lakers' night. It was the Lakers' championship. And LeBron, man, the guy, he's incredible. Give him his respect. I don't know if that means you got to call him the GOAT, but you got to give him his respect. The respect has been given. Yeah, it's definitely good. I mean, Incredible, I said this. Man. I said Incredible. this last uh, night on Twitter, Lee. I hope you saw it because I always. Uh, I know you get a kick out of uh, any time I talk about watching basketball with my Armenian in-laws. But it was me subtweeting them and the casuals out there that who always say, you know, why doesn't LeBron just drive to the rim every single possession? That's basically what he was doing. You know, in in the in the competitive portion of this game, he just drove and drove 
and drove and drove. And it turns out if he does that, yeah, they can never stop him. But uh, you can't do that over an 82-game season or an entire playoff run, but he can pick and choose his moments here for sure. Yeah, he was pretty ruthless last night. Uh, the game, the series, the championship, all on the line, and LeBron was like, you know what, sorry, Miami, it's been fun, but I'm just going to destroy you guys inside now. And added to that, the fact that Miami missed so many chippies as well. Like, it felt like Miami had knocked down so many of those little shots early on to keep them in, uh, uh, keep the pace up with the Lakers, and they just didn't drop last night. And then Again, Jimmy- a big part of that, Anthony Davis, uh, living sure. in their oh heads, oh, yeah. just living in their heads. Intimidation yeah. is worth 50 points a game, a coach once told me. I don't know if it's uh, statistically oh, wow. accurate, but uh, <laughs> when you have that presence, that's what it is. You see guys driving inside, and it's just like, I, there's no point. There's no point in shooting because he's either going to block it or I'm going to throw it over the backboard or something. So right. they look for an open shot, and then it was guys like Iguodala who was open who... You know, he had a huge game against the Celtics in that closeout, but uh, last night wasn't able to bring it. But but really, this is all about LeBron and uh, and what he's able to achieve in season 17 with all these with all the drama and, and what's happened for the Lakers this season. And LeBron just went out there last night and said, "This is it. I'm taking over, and I'm going to just really bully my way to victory here." And that's what he did. And this game was over early in that second quarter. I, th- I think the first quarter was okay, but then the second quarter, you just sort of could feel that. It was going away, and LeBron was like, I mean, LeBron played until about uh, a minute to go in the game as well. Frank Vogel was not <laughs> taking any chances. No. Even they, they blew, but I think it was 35 points or something at one point, and uh, Frank Vogel was like, I'm not taking these guys out until it's absolutely confirmed that we're winning this game. And, uh, and you can see LeBron, I think, wanted to stay out there too. He was like, I don't want to, I don't want to give the Heat any chances here. So a uh, fantastic end for LeBron uh, to go to Los Angeles to win this championship after what happened last season. He's been calling himself the Wash King all season, or he thinks people have been calling him that. No one has really said that at all. Uh, and he showed last night that he's still got plenty left in the tank. Yeah, for sure. I saw, um, I guess it was at Mr. Verley. I hope I have that right. He tweeted at us last night. Adam Silver, I'm sure you caught this task when he's handing sort of the finals MVP or he was setting up handing the uh, fourth finals MVP to LeBron. He mentioned the idea that there will be a trophy named after him one day because the finals MVP named after the great Bill Russell. Um, so he asked Mr. Verley, should it be the best player in the league award? Should that be <laughs> the LeBron? So you, we make the MVP, the best statistical season award, uh, you know, like Giannis won this year, but then there is a best player in the league award and, and maybe that's named after LeBron. I don't know what you thought about just Silver's comments there. And, and if you had an idea on, Heck, what 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 MV what trophy? I guess what accolade will be named after LeBron in the future? That's uh, presumptuous, uh, <laughs> Mr. Silver. Couldn't, you know, just tell to if throw you're frozen that out there, there for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I were delayed. There was some serious and then I was able to talk. I'm not sure what was happening right there, but you ended. I started speaking. So JD, good luck with that. I'm. I think Adam Silver just threw that out there. I mean, I don't know. Where, where, where is he going to go with that? Where, yeah. Where, best, yeah, if you're changing all the awards around, okay, best player in the game, but I'm not sure. <laughs> when he said that, I thought maybe he's going to take uh, Bill Russell's title as the MVP uh, for playoffs MVP, but I don't think he can do that. No. Yeah, they just it. named it after Bill Russell, yeah. didn't they? Like in the last five years, they yeah. obviously just did the all-star MVP after Kobe this season. Yeah. The MVP is the MVP the Podoloff trophy? Is that what it's called? I Maybe they the can remain 
They yeah. could probably rename that one. Nobody knows who Maurice Podoloff is. <laughs> It'd be weird to name it after LeBron when there is still Michael Jordan, though. That'd be a little yeah. strange. But, yeah. Okay, executive so of the year, maybe. He's calling all the shots for the guys that come in. Give him executive of the year since his team will never win that award. <laughs> uh, yeah. Most well-rounded player slash assistant GM slash assistant coach. That's the LeBron award. Oh, I don't mind that. Or maybe the player that is equally good at scoring the ball and playmaking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. For your second best skill. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, we've got there. We figured it out. But one move in this game task that the Lakers did do is they took Dwight out of the starting lineup and put Alex Caruso in. Um, what effect did you think that had on, the, especially the Lakers' defense? You know, starting as strong as they did in this game, or is that was just a case of what the tone, the tone being set by AD and LeBron? Yeah, it's hard to say. That's definitely their best lineup, and I'm surprised they didn't pull it out a little bit earlier in the series. As a starting lineup, they kind of went to it in a, a second half, starting Markeith Morris over Dwight Howard. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it kind of worked hand in hand. They were going to come out and destroy if Dwight was in the starting lineup or not. But they definitely moved better uh, with AD at the five, uh, everybody on the floor, and offensively as well. Uh, I, I think it, it, it works best. That is definitely uh, their best lineup. And, and I just think... I say, you know, it goes both ways because going from game five to game six, the bench for the Lakers didn't play well. The sporting cast didn't play well enough. Anthony Davis didn't play well enough. Heel injury was a part of that. But they were going to come out in game six and play better. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's that's just uh, that's just what happened. Now, I'm not going to go overboard like our man Dwayne Wade and say Rajon Rondo was the difference in this series. I know he had a great game <laughs> six, but Rajon Rondo, the difference in this series? Rondo, he's, uh, he sways people big time, uh, <laughs> you know, because he, he does a lot of things that you notice out there on the floor because he holds the ball in his hands a lot, so he makes the assist. He, offensive rebounds were real key uh, when they won game four there. Uh, it was really, really monstrous there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he scored the ball. You know, he goes from an offer uh, and then, uh, you know, shows up and, and scores layups after layups. And that just shows that uh, they weren't going to let anyone get in the way of them at the rim. LeBron, Rondo, everybody sort of followed, fall, fell in line there. And that, that's all that was, I think. Uh, but that is definitely their best lineup. I'm a little surprised uh, we didn't see it a little bit earlier, like more so anyway. Well, it makes you wonder for the future, right? Because we didn't see Chris Bosh as the starting five for the Miami Heat until the season that they won a championship. Maybe we see the way this played out in game six of the finals with the Lakers dominating. And, you know, I mean, they look like the best team in the league for a large majority of the season, but they look like unquestionably the best team in the league dominating the Heat there in that first half. Maybe Anthony Davis says, all right, I'm ready to play five full-time now. And they come back next year with a small ball-looking lineup that they upgrade even a little bit more with these vets that are going to be ring chasing. Could be scary stuff for the Western Conference. Yeah, it's true. I mean, those Rondo, big 19 points. Uh, he was feeling the three-pointer again last night too, Lee. I mean, he hit one like a couple feet behind the line. And you're like, whoa, geez, Rondo. But he was also, those layups that, that Tass mentioned, a lot of those were like straight line drives mm-hmm. at Jimmy Butler. And, uh, you know, Jimmy, I think, is on Rondo in those situations to get a rest. The guy's gassed after, of course, game five, playing basically the entire game and, and, and giving it all throughout this entire po- bubble run here. But, you know, that's the part that sucked. It's like we're putting he, you, we're putting Jimmy on Rondo to, again, you know, get his wind a little bit to, for, so he can carry us on off, offense. But uh, Rondo maybe realized that and just sort of went right at him. He scored like two or three times just literally just blew by him and finished inside with those little scoops. I think that's absolutely what happened because often through the series, whoever was resting basically stayed off Rondo and they said, you can shoot, you can shoot all you want because that's not his strength. But last night he saw an opening and he took advantage and, and there was no real rim protection at all. So once you got past Jimmy Butler, you just had to 
put it up on the rim. And, it, and if you get it on ac- accurately, it was going to go in. So that's what he did. Uh, it was a good game from him last night, no doubt about it. He, he played well, and he had some good moments in this series. Uh, but he also had some bad moments as well. Some, some Like last game, he was awful. But, uh, you know, that's the thing about him is he, he is a, a sort of polarizing player in that regard. He is certainly capable of playing, but there are other times where he's he's almost like the complete opposite, where he's, he really is a negative to the team. So, uh, But last night, he was good, uh, hit some shots, made some plays, and uh, was, you know, good for his team because they needed that punch off the bench which they didn't get in game five. Um, and so, you know, it was uh, important last night. But but again, I do think that there was really just... A, the defense from Miami last night was pretty bad. And uh, everyone seemed to get open looks. And in that second quarter, that crucial second quarter there, it felt like every shot the, Heat, uh, the Lakers put up was making. And then the Heat just didn't have the legs offensively to come back and counter. And it was, it was over. I mean, it was over at halftime. There's no way... The Heat were coming back into it. So uh, just a disappointing end for Miami, considering how much they'd gotten back into the series. Because a week ago, remember, when they won game their first game, it was like, oh, maybe the Heat have got something here with Jimmy Butler. And, and then they win another game on Friday night. But uh, unfortunately, the legs just couldn't get them through game six. Yeah, I mean, they won the two games where Jimmy Butler turned into LeBron James. And right. Duncan Robinson in game five, of course, hitting seven threes helped too. But that, I mean, that's really, they, they're either swept or they maybe just end with, you know, five or losing 4-1 if, if Jimmy is not heroic. it was that, was that was tough to watch. I mean, he just, he just was, he just legit, I don't want to make an excuse for him, but because mm. I know everybody's tired at this point, but he did look just completely, completely exhausted. And he just didn't have even like the, just like the, the the energy like the the fit like um i'm trying to put this the best way to put like he just he seemed flat to me you know like just appearance wise like you know just like uh all right he said he gave it his all in game five and maybe he legit just did and there was nothing left for him to do i felt bad you said it wasn't a fair fight task um you know Dragic, kudos to him for trying i mean you you know you heard spolster after the game talking about like this guy should not have been playing like probably many of these guys should not have been playing um, I assume he's including Bam in the mix there, who really did look is pretty bad. Pretty bad after uh, coming back from his injury. Maybe even Jimmy, for all we know, in a regular season probably isn't playing with some of his injuries. But yeah, it was tough to watch these guys, especially Dragic, just completely hobbling around out there, Trey. Uh, especially when it was a 30-point game and they were still running Dragic out there. I mean, I know it's his first time in the NBA Finals and he wants to be able to get some time out there, try and inspire the team, but... Mm-hmm. It was a bummer. Um, you know, it felt like the game was over before it even started. You, you know the Heat were going to come out and give an effort, but they just weren't able to summon the basketball side of it as well. You know, they they just didn't have it. They just 100% didn't have it, and Task called it. I said Jimmy would be ready. He did play a lot of minutes, but it just wasn't the same. And, you know, I guess that's exactly what happened. Game five, they gave it their all. They left it all out there on the court. Unfortunately for them, they did have to play a game six, and there was no way LeBron and AD were going to lose a second closeout game, and it showed, Um, and that's just the facts of the matter, you know. The Heat had a great run. They were the underdogs this entire time, and when it came down to it, they remained the underdogs. They couldn't pull off another legendary upset, and that's exactly what it was. You have to outplay the Lakers' stars. Your stars have to outplay the Lakers' stars to have any sort of a chance the Heat basically only had Jimmy Butler for this series. He outplayed LeBron and AD in two games. Those were the Heat's two wins. Yeah. But there are other games in the series. Yeah. Are the Heat the most likable runner-up hmm. um, team since, like, when, Lee? I mean, I was actually thinking about it. I was like, 
they really are because of the underdog status, like Trey is saying, and Jimmy as their guy, and and because of the injuries piling up, and you're like, come on, this is this is a hell of a run that they're doing here, and awesome series, of course, versus the Celtics, and, and how well they played early in the bubble. I mean, I'm trying to think of a team where, like, mm. for me at least personally, that like you really were cheering them on, and they were so likable. Since I don't know, I mean, I was a big Suns fan when they were trying to take down, you know, MJ, like <laughs> yeah. a couple of their guys. But maybe I'm missing one. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. I mean, you, you'd sort of say the Dallas Mavericks of Dirk in 2006, but they blew that as well. They were up 2-0 and should have been up 3-0 in that series. So it wasn't like they... That's not a bad one, though, yeah. yeah okay. but they, Pretty good they, answer they, from uh, Ross on the stream team who says the OKC team in 2012. Hmm. Pretty likable at the time. Yeah, no doubt yeah, about that. yeah, good call. I guess that's a good point. Yeah, we all still loved uh, Westbrook and Harden and Durant at the same time then. So... Uh, I guess that's the one, but they they also led that series as well. Right, right. right this is right. the first time LeBron's won the championship without being without trailing in a series. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. There you go. He was down, yeah, he was down against uh, what was his first one? Uh, OKC. He mm-hmm. lost that first game. Yeah. The Heat. The next series was uh, he was down. Uh, yeah, three two, and then of course the three one against the uh, the Warriors. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. History. History, <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, people commenting as well asking was Goran Dragic a detriment to the team? I don't think so whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think the game was over before he came in, and, and he was trying to chip out and, and be something uh, of an outlet offensively. They were down six when he came in. They needed somebody to score. They just were dragging offensively and. Uh, he got Bam and alley oop like first play of the game, right? When he comes in, you know, yeah. Because like you said, he came in late in the first quarter. Then he shot a three. It looked god awful. The I mean, shot was looked, off. Yeah, rusty, yeah. and he has some reservation. LeBron was on him in that one, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it was like they didn't start him. They didn't bring him in like you know six minutes into the game. It was a bit of like, well, this guy really wants to play, and I think Trey's right. Maybe we get this Willis Reed just inspiration from putting <laughs> him in here, and uh, and and who knows? Maybe he catches fire and can hit a three or two. But I'm with you. Sorry to, ask to interrupt you there, but he did. He had an impact right away. He threw the guy a lob. I mean, they got a foul on the play, if I remember correctly. I don't think mm-hmm. Bam finished it, but yeah, I, I just felt bad for him. <laughs> I mean, the right. guy looked like he was in tears uh, a couple times throughout the series and trying to get it to go in warmups. Yeah, and he's never going to zoom by anybody. So when he looked out there, like when he was playing, he looked fine. Like if the shot was going down, it would have looked like Goran Dragic from rounds one, two, and three, it felt like. But his shot was just off. Uh, but as far as this team being likable, just watch Eric Spolstra after the game, his press conference. He cried for over 30 seconds before he answered his first question. Mm-hmm. He was just so touched to be with this team for all you know 12 months, I guess it was, how how much he was in love with these dudes. Uh, and he said, you know, this is what we're in the business for, to be around people like this. So Goran Dragic coming out there, uh, it was it was very worthy to throw him out there. You had to put him out there. He's their leading scorer for the first three rounds. I don't think it had anything to do with the outcome. And that's why stats are sometimes bogus, because he was a plus two at the end of the game uh, <laughs> in, in a game that they lost by double digits. Oh, they should have had him out there for 48 minutes. Maybe they would have won. Uh, hey, man, he won the second half out there. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And when you say, and you said Bam Adebayo was horrible, and, and he was when the game he was. was. Yeah, uh, he scored was, a ton in garbage time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 25? 25 how'd that happen? Yeah. I know. I have no idea. But yeah, they, nobody nobody really made a difference uh in the result in real time when the game was on the line. Duncan Robinson actually, I thought, looked the best out of anybody, especially because he was dragging people around with him. 
because he always drags a defender with him. Mm-hmm. I love Solomon Hill's shot as a, <laughs> almost a buzzer expired. Man was getting his points in. Uh, but that's that's about still it. the greatest mystery of this bubble: Solomon Hill just popping up in the NBA finals. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember seeing him at all, and then all of a sudden he's on the court hitting threes for the Heat. You're like, wow, where did it, he come it, from? Plus seven on the night. Should have gave him some more time, you know? (laughs) He probably finished the total plus for the entire series because he seemed to come on, hit a couple of shots, and that was it. So, yeah, that was a real surprise. Oh, Taz said he uh, didn't mind, like, the celebrations, you know, the social distance celebrations after. What did you think, Lee, of of what they did there, you know, with the confetti going off and all that and the interviews and stuff like that? Well, the confetti's were little Larry O'Brien trophies. Did you see that? Oh, I did not. I did not notice that. A few people have put that out. Uh, But it was good. uh, You know, it it was obviously different weird circumstances but seeing Jeannie Buss the first female owner I believe to uh, to win a championship and you know what we always say is like don't give the trophy to the owners give it to the players and she basically said guys go and get the trophy mm-hmm. uh, which which I thought was really cool and J.R. Smith already had, he had his shirt off and he was dancing around with it but uh, you know it was uh, it was good to see some of those guys who, who you know have bounced around the league a little bit now J.R.'s obviously won a championship before but seeing him and Dwight and JaVale in their, on their uh, Instagram lives after the game like they were streaming immediately as well there's almost no need for an NBA TV press conference it's like (laughs) just go to social media and watch the guys and they were all like Dwight especially because he was really emotional and and so happy that he'd gotten there and he's you know never give up never give up and all this sort of stuff and you could just sort of see how much it meant to him so you know, and, and did this you is- see? Did you see a tattoo on him? Because uh, our friend Ken texted and said that Dwight has a large owl tattoo on his chest. I didn't uh, go verify this, but no, did I didn't you see, see that it. on Dwight, Instagram. No, Dwight had no no tattoos for his entire career, and then one summer he just got got his entire body inked up. That was uh, crazy, but. Uh, you know, like, uh, again, those guys like Dwight had obviously been to the Lakers as well, and he left when he was still in his prime, and he goes back there and, and all the emotions surrounding uh, the Kobe Bryant uh, tragedy this season. And, and Dwight, who had been playing in this series and then basically got benched for that last game, and it didn't affect him, of course. He was just happy to win. So, uh, you know, seeing some of those guys just get to the get to that uh, achievement and, and win the championship was pretty funny, I thought. And it's great to see, you know, everyone just having fun there in the locker room. And, and then everyone on the podium, no one had a shirt on. Caruso, Kuzma, yeah. It's like, I mean, someone put a shirt on, please. No way. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, you talking about? Least. You loved seeing the bonds, man. I oh, know, but it, like, uh, you know what? Come you know on. what? Alex Caruso has got an old man's, like, chest hair bod already. It's like, it's like uh, Alex... You put a shirt back on. No, I don't mind champion, some of the man. He's guys. a champion. Yeah. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. Um, you said uh, you said the social media streams after the game. Did you see that they forgot Quinn Cook at the <laughs> yeah. arena? Uh, and and he told J.R. Smith who was live on Instagram, "Come back and get do a U turn." <laughs> yeah. That was great. And I, I mean, honestly, a great moment when the the clock is ticking down. You know, this was a thirty point game with like sixteen minutes remaining. It was like, how are they not celebrating this entire time? I guess you do have to actually play. The rest of the game, you can't just sim to end, but so funny hearing the the broadcast. J.R. Smith has his shirt off already. There's yeah. still time left on the clock. And yeah, like you said, Lee, that he's the first guy to, t- to touch the trophy. Just great stuff. Uh, it, you know, it was fun. It was fun. It's fun seeing uh, Alex Cruz. So Tom Cruz's face, Tom Haberstroh's hair. And like Lee's saying, he's got the chest of an 80-year-old man. Everybody else, keep your shirt off. Caruso, throw one on, bud. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I didn't know what LeBron was doing at first, like during the uh, the championship um, 
you know, award, like, the ceremony. Like, because he was, like, hanging out, like, so far in the back. Because you think, like, they're going to hand him the trophy first or he's going to go grab the trophy first. Um, but, yeah, that was, uh, he was just sort of lingering in the back and then finally made his way up there when he got the finals MVP. I thought he had a really, I mean, surprise, surprise, LeBron, great on the mic. You know, obviously he said the uh, asking for respect uh, line there, but him advocating for the continued push, too, for social uh, mm-hmm. justice was pretty awesome as well. And, look, I mean, the NBA needs to take a damn bow here because a lot of us, some of us on this very podcast, pretty damn skeptical this would uh, they'd be able to pull this off. But, you know, congrats to him, Adam Silver, and his entire NBA team and the Players Association and what they did, the Disney employees that have been there for months on end, pulling off what, again, a lot of people thought was impossible. And uh, zero positive cases for this entire bubble run is... Uh, Pretty special uh, that they got it done. I know the NHL had some success as well. So, uh, you know, it just shows what you can uh, get accomplished with some, <laughs> you know, some strong leadership in play. You can actually sort of take care of things. But that, that, that was amazing. Even if the game sort of it did suck, uh, you started to feel bad for the Heat. But a lot of people thought the Lakers were going to win anyway. So in the end, the team that was one of the best teams uh, all regular season long, Came through in the end because they also have LeBron and AD. What a surprise, mm. right? <laughs> right. And, and kudos to Adam Silver as well for when he awarded the trophy. He didn't say that you get the Louis Vuitton case. He said it indirectly. He <laughs> they said hadn't because, paid for the, that. <laughs> because the Larry O'Brien comes in a Louis Vuitton case and he said, well, you can go grab that trophy and, and I guess you get the case as well. But he didn't <laughs> do the branding. So kudos to him. A nice indirect without saying that we sold out on the Larry O'Brien trophy. But I also love the moment. It was a great split screen with a minute left when we're all just waiting uh, for the celebration to happen. And Anthony Davis and LeBron James went to a video board that's sort of behind the bench where there's a giant Larry O'Brien, like a 15 foot uh, image of the Larry O'Brien. And they just went over there and were hugging the video board. Uh, They were, you know, they're obviously buds. And, and like, I really liked, you know, Anthony Davis on the mic when, you know, they were all trying to like, you know, they, they, they bigged each other up all season long, him and LeBron, and, mm-hmm. and LeBron was definitely pushing him. And, and as he said, it, it kind of uh, was like him going to Miami uh, the way that, you know, they grabbed Anthony Davis from, from New Orleans and were able to just push him into the, the spotlight and push him into the, the, the 1A role, whatever you would call it. And he, he thrived. The man thrived. And uh, even AD was, was better on the mic. You could see LA has had an effect on him. I think his personality is coming out more as well it, it, we talked to uh, I remember we talked to Amir Blumenfeld earlier this season talking about Anthony Davis's personality or lack thereof he did, it didn't come out in New Orleans but it's it's coming out it's coming out in, in LA slowly slowly I don't think you'll ever get to LeBron levels by any means but no, uh, yeah I'm him. with you it's I'm with him. you it's a uh, it's 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 coming through a little bit more and congratulations to him that's pretty cool I mean look <laughs> they they orchestrated this trade for him to come to LA, you know, trade away a lot of pieces um, to get him there. And in the first season, he successfully pulls it off. It's a very crazy season, but uh, gets the title and is pretty damn dominant. I mean, he really was. Uh, you know, if he's not playing on a team with LeBron, he's finals MVP for sure. So it was, uh, it was an awesome, awesome uh, performance from him. It was cool to see that. They're, they're an unbelievable one, too. And I think you really can. I know I, this is not to knock Dwayne Wade by any means, but... Hell, man, there's a case to be made that this is LeBron's greatest teammate. At the age he's at, and and maybe just maybe just scratching the surface of how dominant he can be, especially on both ends of the especially on both ends of the floor, that uh, AD Le- is LeBron's greatest teammate, like best teammate. I think it's again, that's not a knock on Kyrie or or Wade or Bosch even, but he's that damn good. He's especially. I know you've been talking about him all season, Trey. 
he can be the best player on both ends of the court in yeah. every single game while playing next to LeBron in his <laughs> first big playoff run with a, a, a contending team around him. Anthony Davis went for 28 points a game, 10 rebounds, shooting 57% on jumpers, 38 on three, 83% on free throw attempts. The guy's basically 50, 40, 90 in the playoffs as a seven foot big man who's the best uh, defensive player still going in the playoffs. Impressive stuff. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, he's so young right now. And I mean, it would be the biggest upset in the history of sports if uh, Anthony Davis signs anywhere else but the Lakers. But I mean, (laughs) they are set up so nice right here because AD is just the perfect guy to play alongside LeBron, you know? AD picks up all these easy little points that we saw him just pile up especially in games one and two of the series where LeBron is kind of penetrating to the lane. He's able to find Anthony Davis for an easy drop-off or KCP misses a three and Anthony Davis is there for the rebound. But you have to be thinking, I mean, it's early. It's the first championship. Anthony Davis, as we know, this guy suffers a career-ending injury every single game of the playoffs. (laughs) Like we were talking, his heels seem to be hurt quite a bit in game five. Didn't look like he was hobbled at all in game six. Injuries will always be a question, but... It's early dynasty talk. You got to be thinking that the Lakers are going to get better from here on out. Anthony Davis himself will get better from here on out. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a Mike and like run for this guy. You have to think (laughs) he dominates on both sides. Who in the Western Conference can stick Anthony Davis? Yeah, nobody, Nobody, right? Like a fair point. Nope. Jokic. Nope. Who else? And he, and he wasn't himself, you know, for the last Draymond few Green? games. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. He's yeah. old now. He's, yeah. he's old, yeah, and, and, and a lot shorter. But, yeah, he'll, he would physically be with him. But mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, I think, has learned a lot from just playing deep into the playoffs. He, he made the second round once. This is his first time getting to a conference finals and then a final. So I, I think you could sort of expect that he wouldn't be 100% uh, in the finals uh, just because he hadn't been there. So I think going into next season, just like LeBron did over, over his career, knows what he has to do to his body just to be fresh in the playoffs or in the in the finals deep into the playoffs. So mm-hmm. I think that'll help too. Uh, and especially in this day and age where teams are smaller and there's more room out there um, because everybody's shooting three balls, Anthony Davis compliments LeBron super, super, super well. If he's got space, he should be able to hammer. And this was the first time that uh, the Lakers, you know, assembled a cast here. This is the first year they did that. So they're only going to assemble it better around these guys. As long as LeBron stays fresh, then they got a shot every year, next couple of years for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's the big challenge, though, just with the cap with them. Because uh, once Anthony Davis signs his max extension and whatever that's going to be, you know, starting at $45 million or something, they're not going to have a ton of room. So it's going to be uh, Rob Palinka have to get creative to get those guys who have been great complementary pieces for them. Now, when you are in the position, the Lakers are where you're likely going to be favourite to, to win the championship next year. You probably It's probably likely you are going to be able to get those vets who take a little bit less sure. just to be a part of that team. But that is going to be a challenge because you've got Danny Green. Uh, you know, Just looking at it here, Danny Green's owed $15 million next season. Uh, Caldwell Pope's probably going to opt into his contracts worth about $8.5, 9000000 Bradley, JaVale McGee, um, Alex Caruso, they're under contract. So, and they're already, according to basketball reference, at around $120 million with Anthony Davis is t- picking up his option for next season, which he probably won't do. So right. that's going to be the challenge there for the Lakers. But uh, again, once you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis, all those other little things can be figured out knowing that uh, players are going to want to go and play there. Yeah, it is tough though. I don't think I would be putting money on the Lakers to repeat. Um, as great as they are and having LeBron and AD, and as I just talked about, I'm with you, Trey, AD 
in theory, should just get better. Why would LeBron fall off? Can those other guys like your LeBron, uh, Rondos and Dwight's and Caruso's and KCP's and Danny Green's and all these guys, can they continue to contribute? Kuzma even get maybe a little bit better. But man, it's like the Warriors should be the Warriors again. And the Clippers, of course, it's always tough to do in the first year when you build sort of like a dyn- or superstar-like team. Um, they usually get better in those cases, and they've got a new coach coming in. Uh, and then, of course, there's the Nuggets on the rise, and who knows what the Rockets for uh, ever, uh, always. Um, it's tough. It's just tough. And I just, like, also, were the Lakers, like the Heat, I guess, when we talked about it, did they benefit from this bubble because of their leaders, because of, like, Jimmy with the Heat and LeBron w- with L.A., of just the way those guys lock in and get the best from their guys and, like, stay focused on the goal? I just wonder in this really weird bubble setting if, if that helped both of these teams and uh, can they continue to do that in a normal, more normal setting? We'll, we'll see. But I don't think, I, I just, I guess I wouldn't bet on them to, to repeat. Um, and, th- and then th- that's not even, you know, mentioning obviously good teams in the Eastern Conference who you would finally, one of them you're going to see in the finals if they got there. So let's hear from people out there. Uh, tweet at us at Inc. and let us know in the YouTube comments right now. Would you be betting on the Lakers to go back to back? Uh, they usually do, don't they, the Lakers, when they, when they win a title, <laughs> yeah, right? So, so maybe you're on board with that. Um, and they're going to get Avery Bradley for free. That's nice. Nice oh, little yeah. bonus for next season. Yeah, uh, right. And, uh, Wasn't uh, there. One thing that we, uh, we talked about earlier, Dwight Howard with a big owl on his chest. Let's see it, JD, for all our YouTubers. We've got a photo of... Oh that's the, uh, okay, that's an owl with wings. I thought it was going to be more <laughs> OVO-esque, but that's, no. uh, that's a... That's a full big, chest owl. Full yeah, chest, wings, there. splayed... <laughs> Looking good. Looking good. Oh, you splashed like that, that three late there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> finals game two. Yeah. Uh, anything to add um, to the Lakers, LeBron, um, moving forward, what do you got? Anything else uh, that you guys want to touch on? Just find it odd when they just suck on a cigar straight away still. I know I know, it's like the celebrationary thing to do, but smoking a cigar is just awful. Like, unless you're, like, uh, you're smoking them all the time. Like, we saw in the last dance, Michael Jordan was smoking them all the time. So, at the end of winning a championship wasn't a big thing. But I don't see LeBron smoking a cigar 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, and then he just sucks on one... <laughs> Like, you'd be exhausted and a little bit dehydrated, and you're like, ah, oh, suck on it. He's getting a that little buzz, Lee. Oh, I know, yeah. but it's it, like, it's the hangover is so much worse. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. They got time to yeah. rest, mate. I know, but I'm just saying, champagne and cigars are the two worst things for a hangover. Champagne is so great going down. The next morning, you're just like, oh, their head's just rocking side to side. Man. These guys are super athletes. They're not you, man. Oh, I'm telling they're, you, they're, man. They'll I'm be fine. You, does, but if, you don't, if you're not used to smoking cigars, just to you know, breathe all that in, and then, uh, ah, you're going to have an awful hangover. So, Lee's like, Why do you uh, think LeBron he's not used some... to sucking on cigars? Yeah. I don't, well, when do we see LeBron just like, like sucking just on a cigar? Just because you're not seeing him doesn't mean he's not enjoying a cigar. <laughs> he's on TV Jesus. like three hours a night. There's other days, mate. Yeah. Yeah. You either smoke them every day. Every minute yeah. of every day or never. Otherwise, you're going to be just, sick. I'm just saying, you go and smoke one today and drink some champagne. I bet you have a massive hangover in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's worse than the nine banana challenge with four free uh, did, you, yeah. did you smoke a cigar after the birth of uh, any of your children? Please? No, but uh, a friend of mine gave me a cigar and said, here you go. And I was like, I, thanks. I'm not going to smoke it, though. Like, that's the last thing I feel like doing. Like, coughing and stinking up the ho- the hospital room as well. You go in. Imagine that. Going to Roxanne. She's like, oh, what have you been doing? I know. I, I smoked a cigar. I don't know why. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Did either of you, Trey, Tess? What? You... Smoke a cigar after yeah. uh, the children were born? Not a cigar, certainly no. Yeah, well, uh... right. You smoke something else. That's what I think, too. They would uh, prefer to maybe smoke something else there, right there on the floor but uh, or in the locker room. But cigar is the next best thing, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, but, I mean, I guess Lee is right, you know. You don't see LeBron smoking cigars as often as you saw Michael Jordan. But if we're going to see LeBron smoking a cigar pregame, holding the baseball bat, why not? If you're going to pay tribute to MJ, go the full distance. Go the full MJ. Pulling out the bat, taking BP. And, that's why That's why uh, Lee has uh, MJ as his goat over LeBron. He smoked more cigars that he saw with his own eyes. Jordan was smoking them in the car on the way to a game, which was incredible. I will say one thing about LeBron, though. He looks kind of like he has smoked a few cigars, though, before. Like, it's not like he's yeah, like... he probably well, has, man. We're trying to tell you that he yeah, has. Yeah, but it's he's like... He's championships, like, at least four cigars. Yeah, he, he looked like... He looked cool doing it. It's just like... I bet he's coughing a bit this morning. What did you like, think? Oh, like it was going to be like that infomercial where the guy's bobbling all the uh, the wires and hoses that he's going to uh, he's going to bobble his cigar. Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's the thing. LeBron's so uh, you know good on the court with the basketball, but maybe with the cigar, he's like he fumbles it a bit. But no, nah, he did well. Okay, he good. did well. He smoked well, LeBron. All right. Anything else, Tass, that you want to add to this? Um. Well, I think Lee is right about one thing. If your wife just gave birth, don't smoke in the hospital room and blow, <laughs> and blow plumes of smoke into her face. As she, not, as she's not, not a great idea, but uh, yeah, why the heck not? I mean, there was a different time smoking in, in the car for MJ. Like, this ain't the 90s anymore. LeBron could have. Like, if I wonder if they smoked on the bus on the way home. Probably not. Hell yeah. 100%. Maybe. Hmm. 100%. Come on. So, I don't know. I'm going 50-50 on that. <laughs> Depends on if the bus window's open. You guys are crazy. They're, smoking, the they're Disney... smoking indoors as it is. You're not supposed to be probably legally doing that. Mm. What, in <laughs> the a... arena, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Get them back and out. It's supposed to be. No, it wasn't that. That was a thing last year in, uh, or I guess it was two years ago in Oracle. Wasn't Steph smoking a cigar when he went up to the podium and they... I don't know. He was doing it, but it was illegal. Like, illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it would be really funny if there's like a smoking <laughs> section outside that they had to go out and light up a stogie celebrate their championship. Uh, all right. Well, let's call it there in terms of uh, talking about the game. We do have a few questions that we want to get into today's show, but let's take a quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, little beach tees. Get our toes in the sand. Yeah, this one's a, a fun question, a quick question. No dunkers. Did Jimmy Butler just become a future Hall of Famer? Now, this one sent in, of course, after Game 5, I think, from Leo in Singapore. But, wow, we love to do this with our stars in the league. 
Are they Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers? Trey, what do you think? Jimmy Butler, you're a big fan, but is he a Hall of Famer? I'm up on this. He's now a future Hall of Famer, which is an upgrade from potential Hall of Famer. Because I think, you know, three months ago, nobody would say Jimmy Butler is going to the Hall of Fame, despite the Mm -hmm. fact that he has some pretty decent accolades. You know, he's been a four-time All-Defense guy, five-time All-Star, three-time third-team All-NBA player. But seeing him go toe-to-toe with LeBron here in the finals... Uh, has certainly elevated his status to the point where, at the very least, he's going to be getting these respect votes for the next couple of seasons. You know, he's getting on in years, age-wise. He'll be 32 during next season. Uh, But once you go toe-to-toe with LeBron, once you are firmly established, I would say, as a top-10 guy, uh, you're going to get invited to All-Star games all the time now. So it's not Hmm. it wouldn't be surprising to me to see Jimmy get to seven or eight, maybe even nine all-star games by the time his career is done, just because everybody's in love with Jimmy Butler right now. That was not the case prior to this season with the Miami Heat. You know, his reputation was that of a locker room cancer as a diva kind of guy. But as we all know, he just wants to work hard and be the man. People really saw that this season. And I think that the that the respect for Jimmy Butler is going to be going up, 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 up. Right now, he's at like a 43% chance on basketball reference of making it to the Hall of Fame. He's there with guys like Blake Griffin, Paul George, of course, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Rondo, surprisingly. Guys that you think, you know, their career could kind of go either way. Are they going to continue to stack up numbers and accolades and make it to the Hall of Fame? Or will they just be one of those really good players that made a bunch of all-star teams that we remember from the past? But Right. You know, I think that Jimmy has the respect now, so I think we can at least call him a future Hall of Famer <laughs> rather than a potential Hall of Famer. There's wow. levels to this. All right. What do you think, Tass? I'm squeezing him in. Yeah, I, I think there's a few years left to to boost those accolades, not to necessarily you know get any sort of total number of points that are going to be worthy of the Hall of Fame because he hasn't even hit 10,000 points, which... You kind of have to double that if you're going to be a Hall of Famer. So the the point total is low, but he's going to benefit from being on a Spursy type team where he doesn't have to score a ton, uh, and uh, he's still going to get the All Star nods, and that factors into uh, being a Hall of Famer. So yeah, he's at five now. If he gets up to eight, uh, plus being in the finals as a loser, sure, a, a guy who lost. But if you're going to lose in the finals, pick the year that is going to be the most memorable as a loser. <laughs> Everybody will remember this year uh, as, as a guy who uh, had a special run. And, and the, he has the benefit of peaking towards the end of his career. And unlike somebody like Derrick Rose, you know, not to, to put Derrick Rose down, but you know, it's, it's hard not to compare. Derrick Rose you know, peaked super early with the Bulls uh, and then you know, became a different player. While Jimmy didn't it's like Lowry. It's like Kyle Lowry a little bit. Where their oh. their careers are flipped a little bit. It's a slow start, slow burn, and then it uh, starts ramping up, and the respect yeah. is there. Yeah, but he's but unlike Kyle Lowry, I guess he's going to get the benefit of everything that this team does. It's all on him, right? Like that. That's Jimmy gets will get all the accolades, you know, uh, because he's been mm-hmm. a number one. Unlike uh, Lowry's been, you know, mm-hmm. a one A, one B. But it's 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 interesting. It is crazy that two months ago. Wouldn't think whatsoever, but uh, I don't think I'm just riding the high here. I, I think <laughs> I'm buying it. I'm, uh, I'm buying it a few years down the road because I you have to think that the Heat are going to be good for a few years. And even if he's not putting up 20 a game, which he didn't this year, he's at 19-9 and still uh, still making the All-Star team. I mean, can you deny an eight-time All-Star? I'm, I'm guessing here. Uh, you know, four-time All-Defense, at least, because uh, he's there already. Three-time All-NBA, at least. 
I mean, as a, as a the the accolades are really really good as a when you step back if you want to if you want to just say the guy the guy is he a Hall of Famer like Demar Derozan Joe Johnson are they Hall of Famers you can say no, no. no. I get it I get it but uh, Jimmy that's why Jimmy I think he needs a title I I do and has mm-hmm. still time to do that Lee but I, I don't right now I hear what you guys are saying yeah if he's like got six or seven of all these accolades like All NBA and All Defensive and All Stars that's that's good that's impressive there are guys in the Hall of Fame with that though like Tassie wisely pointed out a lot of those guys that level of guys that are there have like the crazy counting stats that are just like wow that's a lot of damn points Mitch Richmond scored okay respect but I sort of feel like he's got to cap it off so to speak with a title I, I really do for him to maybe really get in there but what do you think? I think he's got to get as close as he was this season, probably at least once or twice more throughout his career. Because if, let's say, next two seasons he gets bounced out in the first round of the playoffs, that will go against him because he doesn't have a lot of uh, out of sight the NBA success. He won a gold medal, I think, in uh, in Rio in 2016, but he's probably not going to play for Team USA again. I don't think. I mean, maybe he would. Well, I'm not. Sh- maybe NBA players won't be playing. For that. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's a thing. So you know, who, who knows uh, if he's going to win there uh, or play there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, based on what we've seen this season, you think he is going to be, you know, he's going to have a say in what happens in the playoffs in the next few years. But it's never that easy. It never just things don't always follow along. Because if you look at the Eastern Conference, again, the Celtics, the Nets, the Raptors, the Bucks, all those four teams have got a strong case to make the, the NBA finals from the Eastern Conference next year. So the Heat have got to battle against at least two of those teams to get there. And uh, it's going to be hard. I mean, they did it this season, but... You got to, You just got to keep on doing it in the NBA. And, and as you guys are saying there, Jimmy's not a sort of guy who's going to average all of a sudden 28 a game next season. He's just not that guy. No. So he's not going to build up a huge uh, statistical resume there. He's going to be more about whether or not he can actually get those the, the, the harder stuff like the championships, all NBA, maybe first team, and just consistently being there. That's going to be the challenge for him. So mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think, you know, I, I would say right now, more likely than not, but n- certainly nowhere near a lock at any at, uh, yeah. at this point. It'd be cra- it's crazy, like you guys said. If we put up a poll three months ago, is Jimmy Butler a future Hall of Famer? Like, I would love to see the results. Like, what would it be at? Like, ten yeah. percent, maybe? Yeah. Like, saying yes? I don't know. If you put it up, we put it up today on No Dunks Twitter account. Like, I bet it's. I don't know. Again, this is a <laughs> guess, but I bet it's closer to fifty fifty, and if not even higher. Uh, you know, riding the little recency bias and how dominant he was versus LeBron in the finals. But yeah, well, we will see. We got some time, hopefully, with Jimmy. What is he, though? 31 years old. He's not, yeah. mm-hmm. he's not young. He's not young. And he played, I think, four years at college, didn't he not, too? That's right. um, but yeah, we'll see. Okay, next yeah. one here. Hey, Donunks. I've noticed NBA players look really cool when they wear their sweatpants high up with their shirts tucked in. But when I try it, I'm no longer welcome at home. What else looks cool when an NBA player does it, but lame when the rest of us do it? Pull up, tuck your shirt, wow him. That's from Dave in Calgary, but from Toronto, and he always signs his emails like that. Longtime yep, wow fan. <laughs> wow him. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Skeets, what do you think? Um, well, I actually don't have an answer to his question. I'll let you guys take that. But he's not wrong that NBA players look cool when they do it. And so does our very own Trey Kirby, who started doing it, I would say, what, the last year or so, going with the tucked in look. Um, I'm convinced it only works for some people. Uh, I've tried it. I've dabbled in the tuck. <laughs> it doesn't work for me. Now, I think you got, I think it helps when you're a 
big dude, uh, like like Trey Kirby, 6'5", or an NBA player, of course. I think it's just a better proportionate look. I just look really <laughs> weird when I do it. Because I also actually, I have long legs for how sort of like normal height I am. So it looks really strange when I do it. So I, this is just to point it out. You're right, Dave. They look cool. And some people can, but some people look cool in high top shoes and some look like doofuses to me. It's like this weird thing where... For whatever reason, not everybody can do it, and that's fine. We don't all look the same anyway, but Trey, you do look cool when you tuck it in, man. I appreciate it, Skeets, but I think you got to give it another shot, man. (sighs) Tucked in shirts, it's a classic cool guy move. You know, Mick Jagger tucked in his t-shirt. That guy was the coolest man on the planet for a few years there. Does Lenny Kravitz tuck in his shirt? (laughs) My buddy Grish wants to know. Well, unfortunately for Lenny Kravitz, sometimes he untucks out of his pants. (laughs) It's the main problem for him. (laughs) If only he had a long tuck that day. Things could have been oh so different. His junk would have got caught on the shirt tucked in his pants when they split and it wouldn't have dropped out. That's a great point, Tess. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. should have been yeah. untucked, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, uh, something that NBA players can wear that looks cool for them does not look cool for uh, the normal guy. Uh, a shooting sleeve. Like, if you show up at a yeah. shooting sleeve to a pickup run, you better have an actual elbow injury. My buddy Adam, like, uh, hurt his elbow once upon a time. He actually had to wear a shooting sleeve or, like, he's, like, just a big old guy, you know? He's not supposed to be out there shooting threes, but he's right. running around with a shooting sleeve. Um, <laughs> it's a tough look, you know? I've owned a couple of shooting sleeves, and I've never... This is big for me. I've never even had the balls to wear them to a pickup run because I'm like, what's somebody going to say? Oh, you hurt your elbow? No, I just want to keep it warm for all the shots I'm taking. Keep it nice and tight. Yeah, I don't don't think uh, a shooting sleeve, if you go with a double shooting sleeve, if you pull the Kirk Heinrich showing up at a pickup run, you're a truly insane person. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you guys have uh, Lee got an answer for this? Yeah, I have. I've just actually sent JD a picture. I don't know if he's got time to bring it up. This is how I think I look wearing a headband (laughs) when I play but this is how I actually look when I wear a headband (laughs) well done yeah I've tried now again with Trey Trey it sort of suits him more wearing a headband I've seen you wear one pretty much every game don't you Trey when you play I got to now at this point yeah Yeah. 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 and and now I haven't had a haircut in six months so uh, maybe I'm getting a little closer to that Dirk look that I'm uh, that I I think I look like when I play but uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit me too well. It doesn't look, it doesn't suit me all that well. Right. Steve but, Nash has had the funniest headband yeah. look though of all time. Looks so weird. Yeah. yeah. Tash, you got an answer for this? Uh, I think socks and slides is my answer. I don't think they're cool. Ira Reyes also mentioned it here. Yeah. I don't think they're cool in general. I don't like seeing people on the street do it. But guys can pull it off. The NBA players, it looks. I don't know. Normal, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. They've also Shea been- Serrano looks cool as hell when he rocks it. Oh. Socks and slides. Some people can, you're right. Yeah, not yeah. for me. Like, what do you think about Snoop Dogg on the beach, though? <laughs> so, he's wearing socks and slides, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, oh, That's weird. On the beach. <laughs> nah, big mistake. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, like You're going to get back to your hotel room, Mr. Snoop, and you're going to have sand everywhere. Come on, man. You're going to get into the fibers of those socks. Oh, God. All right, well, one more here. Uh, gentlemen, on top of everything else, the prospect of a winter without you and basketball seems bleak indeed. May I ask what the plan is going forward? Uh, thank you so much for all you've done for your fans in this awful time. Sincerely, this is from Liz in Akron, Ohio. Thank you, Liz. Um, yeah, let's tackle this here because uh, I know a lot of people were tweeting in, what's next for you guys? Season is finally over. JD, I don't know if you're there, if you're listening, but I checked. Check the old calendar. You and I flew to Toronto a year ago today 
to set up recording our first podcast for The Athletic. If you guys remember, uh, if you weren't with us at that time, JD and I, because of uh, uh, work visa issues, we had to actually go back to Canada to start the podcast while these guys stayed here in Atlanta and found our studio and stuff like that. So a year to the day, and then a couple days later, we were starting our first one. That is, that's crazy. And this is our 335th show within this I say calendar year, but NBA season year, let's be honest, too, really. That's crazy. Uh, I can't <laughs> believe it. Uh, we were stuck in Canada. Now we're stuck in the U.S. Yeah, I <laughs> it's know. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy time. <laughs> That's a great point. We couldn't fly home this year to, to yeah. see our family, unfortunately. Yeah, it's uh, very weird. So what is our plan moving forward here? Um, tell me if I'm you know wrong here, guys. But our plan, I think, is to record a few episodes per week. We're going to obviously scale back. We need to take a bit of a break. Um, but we'll do a couple episodes per week as we lead up to the draft, NBA draft, which I think is still scheduled for November 18th. Now, we're going to call in some draft experts the closer we get to that day, too, to help us out. That's definitely sort of like a blind spot for us. We don't know a ton about college ball, but we'll have some content around the draft and leading up for it. We'll try and do some beach stepping podcasts, of course, throughout the week. So keep your questions coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Keep emailing them in um, or at no dunks inc on Twitter. And then once that's sort of over, um, you know, free agency, I guess, is probably early December. So I'm sure we'll address that. But I would say around the Christmas season, you know, the holiday season is when we'll uh, we'll go dark, so to speak. And maybe we'll take actually a couple straight up just weeks off and uh, there will be no podcast populating your no dunks feed but and then we'll get going again whenever the season does be it january or february and we don't really know which makes this a little complicated to answer but you know the 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 short version is we'll have a few podcasts a week for at least a little bit still just not full on like we have been are you telling me there's a, maybe a window to do a bit more cricket uh, content? Oh, uh, my God. You know, because cricket season is going to be in full swing around that time. So, uh, you know, maybe we could mix things up a little bit, learn a new sport. You guys could get in on it. What do you say? Well, we did it with Survivor. You and Tass learned how to play Survivor when we started watching it. <laughs> there you go. There uh, you go. What would we call a cricket podcast? Like in the, in the vein of no buffs, no dunks. No well, buns is our baseball podcast. What would it be for cricket? No balls, because uh, in in cricket, <laughs> in cricket, uh, a, a no ball is like a ball in baseball, where it's like a it, it's a it, it's an invalid pitch. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, no balls. balls, but yeah. we won't we won't be able to get that manscaped money. <laughs> so that would be tough. Uh, so yeah, JD, do I have that right though? Our schedule, sort of, uh, what think we're thinking so. about moving forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're gonna keep it going until the end of November or Thanksgiving, I guess, is when we'll sort of America shut things down yep. for a bit. And then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know about you guys. Just what, a little take- time off. A little time off. <laughs> We've done a lot of podcasts. I mean. I keep thinking that's a typo when I say that out loud. Like, I've written it wrong, Trey. 335 shows. I know you keep track as well. You and I always sort of, like, make sure we're on the same page, like, in terms of uh, just total numbers. That's how many we've... We've almost done a show a day yeah, for a year. When you say 335, I mean, Skeets, you're always right on with the numbers. I need a refresh about every month. I, I just miss one. Every once in a while, I just miss one. Uh, but, yeah, 335... It is a leap year, so we're talking yep. 366 days, <laughs> 31 days without a classic. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> classic after classic. And, uh, you know, I said what we're doing this week. We'll have a beach step in uh, for sure later this week. 
uh, or, you know, probably if we get the questions, we'll do a beach seven. Let's put it that way. We got the good questions. And Lee, we might have a pop in packs that you uh, already did, mm-hmm. but was so great that we got to maybe turn it into a podcast for the listeners out there. You talked to Nate Jones and he did, you opened a pack of 90s basketball cards and he knew his stuff is what oh, the word on yeah. the street is. Ariel Helwani's challenging him. <laughs> <laughs> they might get in the octagon. Helwani versus Nate Jones. Yeah, they Popping were talking. packs at Fight Island. Yeah. They were talking trash on Twitter to each other. So uh, I think we've got to make that happen. Yeah, wow, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, okay. So, so again, so we might have some bonus popping packs. We'll have some, hey, we might, you know, uh, dust off some of the classics that we were doing when there was no NBA, some squads and uh, some of the other fun that we got up to, um, you know, trivia trivia shows and stuff like that. So, you know, don't worry. No dunks will uh, still be hitting you with those classics every once in a while. Let's take one more quick break before Lee's Magic Johnson tweet. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is meme mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet off. Well, what, what did he tweet, Lee? What did Magic say? Uh, he was great. He was great. And I was going to go with the low-hanging fruit of just picking Magic and going on a bit of a tear there, but I thought, no, let's not. Let's do something different. And what I have found is actually this tweet comes from Follow Through LA, and it's an account that only has one tweet, actually, but it's from uh, Nathan <laughs> Nathan Apudaka, uh, who shot to fame a week or so ago with his viral TikTok video, cruising on his longboard like JD, drinking some Cran Raspberry Ocean Spray <laughs> while listening to and miming uh, Fleetwood Mac's dreams. Right. This time Nathan is back and he's celebrating the Lakers championship again on his longboard, this time sipping some champagne, wearing a Kobe Bryant jersey, listening to We Are The Champions. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, I love so, this guy. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, I think we have JD with his own longboard. I think JD has to recreate this somehow. I'm not sure what he can do, but uh, to the think- no dunks theme. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Be good with a bottle of kombucha, cigar in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, puffing on the cigar. Yeah. Um, they they already took that the the original of that guy with the the um, the dream Sleetwood Mac. They already made that a TikTok video. Did you see that last night during the broadcast? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Crazy how quickly well, they turned this stuff around. So I, I read something that he has inspired uh, 134,000 videos like what he yep. did, cruising right. along like yeah, that, uh, sure. singing something. So, yeah, incredible stuff. Really good. <laughs> really fun. You even got Mick Fleetwood uh, doing it as well. So, <laughs> I mean, great. Wow. I like yeah, him. He just great. seems like a likable guy, too. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, it's a well, he said, he said his car broke down and he had to get to work. So he had the longboard in the back and he was just like, all right, this is what I'm doing. Oh, so I, I didn't know yeah. the story yeah. to this. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. So just cruising along, just, just glugging away on the cran raspberry there, too. <laughs> you like a cran raspberry juice, mate? Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever had the cran oh, raspberry. I've, I've had cranberry, of course, but I don't think I've, I don't, I don't think I even knew it existed until uh, until Nathan <laughs> introduced it to me. So. Really putting it on the map. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, this is sales. Weird. Sales went through the roof for that, and, uh, and and Fleetwood Mac had their highest streaming like week ever right. after this. So uh, yeah, did an Ocean Spray buy him a car? Yes, or, they did. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a Jeep oh or something. My I think God. it was. Yeah. So good. Ocean yeah. Spray. It was great yeah. to see an Ocean Spray bottle back. I thought it disappeared like <laughs> yeah. Benetton clothing or something. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, when JD was used to be riding his longboard, that was probably the last time Ocean Spray was cool or, yeah. or was like. <laughs> on vogue you know yeah i think did, so i think you're right yeah did you ever do that did you ever just suck back some ocean <laughs> spray back in the day uh no i hate cranberry <laughs> juice <laughs> that's why you always have urinary tracks. that's right that's right <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was gonna say that's the only time i've ever had uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crushed a whole jug of ocean spray was in the UTI days. Well, I mean, let's uh, that ocean spray is it's apple juice with a little bit of cranberry in it, so it's wow. not doing anything for your urinary tract, guys. You gotta go hardcore. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta mulch those cranberries, cranberries? yourself and just uh, yeah. chop them down if you want to cure that. Or you could just get some antibiotics. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, that, yeah. there's that too. Probably do that. Uh, what song would you pick, JD, if we were to recreate you on the longboard, maybe chugging something? Yeah, it can't. It can't be the No Dunks theme because it's no, gotta no. have lyrics. It's gotta have lyrics. Yeah. Jeez, uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a, probably that's a- uh, Chikatita. <laughs> <laughs> Or I an ABBA song. Ooh, uh, what about Ooh. what about "Guilty" by uh, Andy Gibb and Barbara Streisand? I'm going. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Watch for that. The coming. The coming days. Oh wow! What a tease. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's call it there. This is oh, a one quickie here. Oh yeah. Sorry. sorry. I threw out a quick poll. Is Jimmy Butler a Hall of Famer? What do you guys think? Uh, 50-50. Yes. Uh, uh, based, 60-40 based on the recency bias. 40-60 for me. 40 he is. 60 he's not. Nice splitting of the difference. 55.9% say yes. Wow, Jimmy Butler is a Hall of Famer. That would have been like 5.9%. Yeah, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, easily. Easily. Okay, great stuff. This was a really fun podcast to uh, to end, finally, the NBA season on. Like I said, though, new Beach Step In podcast coming later this week, if you get us to questions. Make them NBA. Make them non-NBA. Give them them all. Give them 
Uh, what? <laughs> Give us them all is what I am trying to say. Uh, I got to sip on some cranberry juice right now. Hey, it is uh, the holidays, and uh, I don't know if it still exists, but I've talked before about the ginger ale raspberry. Ooh, yeah. Oh, Man, I don't know why they don't sell that stuff year-round. I love that stuff. Uh, so get them in, nodunksatthealthletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Lee did have a super fun pop and packs with Nate Jones. So we'll try and get that up in a podcast form as well. Go grab yourself some sweet No Dunks merchandise at nodunks.com. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Season finally caught up to me, boys. <laughs> Took all year. It got to me. Uh, so go grab your merchandise, nodunks.com is what I'm trying to say. We'll have some new shirts in the mix as well soon. And if you haven't already, you can still subscribe to The Athletic and tell them that we sent you go to theathletic.com slash no dunk sign up for a dollar a month thank you so much in all sincerity to uh, to uh, a lot of you out there that actually have listened to every damn show that we've done all 335 podcasts uh, with our time at The Athletic so thank you thank you so much tell a friend leave your five star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts we love you guys Clipper Bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember Happy anniversary, baby, and got you on my mind. Brace the day, people. You could stay, ooh, every day. And I'd be happy every minute. It's been so long, but you're the one I've waited for. It's happened already. It's gonna be groovy. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.